tech doesn't ruin the experience, if it's done right, it absolutely can elevate it and make sure customers walk out happier uh, than, than before. Today on Dirty Linen, we're talking to Stephen Promotico. He's an entrepreneur in the broad and ever-changing field of hospitality technology. Probably if you used to put those words together a few decades ago, it just really would be quite meaningless, but it could mean all kinds of things today. He's the founder of Me and You, a phone-based menu ordering and payment app, which was something of a curiosity back in 2019 when I think it, it launched, but today it seems like the kind of a kind of obvious thing that we all need. Um, Stephen's probably best known for launching the booking platform Dimmy in 2009, and you can tell me if I'm wrong when I think that you sold it in 2015 for $25 million. But welcome, welcome to the show, Stephen. Hello, Danny. Great to be here. Really good to have you. I'm really looking forward to this chat, uh, not least because you promised it was going to be raw and honest. <laughs> it's the only way, right? I reckon so. Um, well, you you pushed this call out a little bit. You said you're having a crazy day. Let's just start there. What's a day in your life like at the moment? Yeah, wow. Well, um, well, I normally wake early, so I'm up at five. Um, I'm getting my head around the day, uh, try to squeeze in a bit of fitness, but that normally gets pushed to the side. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think I've got a couple of hours to get my head straight before the craziness starts. So I'm normally sort of doing my creative stuff in the morning, um, thinking about ideas for the business, thinking about how we can grow, how we can help the industry a bit better. Um, and then I'll probably spend most of my day um, with partners um, and with clients who, um, you know, um, who are keen to understand more about the, the me and you business. Um, that's, that's a part I love. Mm. So, I mean, you've worked in hospitality, aren't you? Like we, I think you had a connection with restaurants from a very young age. Am I right? Yeah, Denny, I, I, I'm Italian. So I think, you know, my connection with hospitality started you know, when I was born, you know, as an Italian kid growing up around, you know, the, you know, your nonno and your nonno and the big, the big fat Italian lunch. So I think, you know, I, the most fond memories, you know, of my life still stem from, you know, those lunches and those dinners. And um, so I think, you know, when I, when I created Dimmy many years later, it was a pretty simple ambition. And it was like, you know, if the best moment in life happened around food, how do I use technology um, to kind of, you know, help support the industry and make some of those experiences a bit more magical. So is that where you start when you come up with ideas? Is it is it that problem-solving sort of scenario or, or something that you think needs fixing? Yeah, that's. I think that's my job. Like I, I think I'm a, you know, at the heart, you know, I... I, you know, I see problems and I in in hospitality, and then I use tech to try and solve them. And I think, you know, you mentioned Dimmy. Like when I first started Dimmy, you know, <laughs> it's crazy to think about that today. But the way we would book restaurants back then would be that you would call a restaurant, you would leave a voice message, they would call you back. You're playing phone tag. Um, you know, and it was just, it was impossible to make bookings. So, you know, what we set out to do there was to really sort of just make life easier for operators and for customers. And, you know, to 15 years later, that's become the norm. When we first started Me and You, you know, like, again, the problem was pretty evident. Um, like, it just felt nuts that I could get an Uber to pick me up at my door faster than I can order a beer in a pub. <laughs> It just didn't feel right. 
So we set out to change that um, and to, you know, democratize and to um, revolutionize the way customers order um, and pay for their experiences in venues. And yeah, like, you know, you say that it's, you know, become the norm now, but, you know, that's, it's three years of, um, you know, hard yards to try and get, get, get it to that point. I mean, this, the, the kinds of things that people always say when you talk about technology, um, coming into a space that's been about human interaction is that people miss out on something that's very important about the hospitality experience or the retail experience or whatever it might be. What's your response to that? Well, I think you're absolutely right, Danny. Like I think, you know, when I first started Me and You, like it was very clear in my head that if Me and You came into this industry and we got rid of the heart and soul that made this in, that makes this industry and binds this industry, then me and you would never would, we wouldn't make it past you know um, past the first base. So I think you know that was always very evident and clear from the beginning. So you know, but I think the other bit that we you know we can't forget is that the magic and the connections and you know the memories that happen in hospitality are not necessarily formed just between a customer and a staff member. It's the magic that happens around the table with the people that you're there to celebrate with and enjoy a few beers with, right? So I think the way we looked at it is, you know, first and foremost, how do we get rid of all the friction, the crap, the shit that, you know, just doesn't enhance the experience, you know, customers having their hands in the air, can't can't get a, um, a glass of wine, you know, losing one of your mates, mates to the bar for 15 minutes to order, you know, a pizza, that just doesn't, it doesn't add value to anybody's life. So we set out to eliminate those points of friction, number one. And then number two, I think the big bit that we've found is the role of the front of house team has changed. And I think it's fair to say that when we first started, everyone thought thought we're here to get rid of jobs and that, you know, couldn't be further from the truth. You know, I think what we've absolutely done is the role of the front of house team has shifted and it's no, long, no longer about taking an order and collecting payment. It's now about connection, rapport and building relationships with customers, which I think is the heart of hospitality and what we set out to create. So I think it's a long-winded answer, but to say that, you know, tech doesn't ruin the experience if it's done right it absolutely can elevate it and make sure customers walk out happier uh, than than before. Mm. I mean, you're obviously a keen observer of restaurants and the kinds of things that happen inside them. What do you, at the heart of it, think restaurants are for? What's the purpose of them? Memories and magic. Like I, I think, you know, like it's, again, like if I think about my life and my upbringing and, you know, it's the breaking of bread with, you know, um, with family, friends and loved ones. And that's, you know, this industry, whether it's cafes, restaurants or pubs, we bring people together, um, you know, and at a time like today um, where we've been so distant and so disconnected, you know, I think the role of this industry is more important today than ever before. So, you know, so when I think about hospitality, it's about, bringing people together and creating memories that last a lifetime. Um, and, you know, that that started for me as a kid um, and then, you know, it's very true and deep in my heart today. Mm. So what kinds of things frustrate you about restaurants? 
<laughs> Danny, I'm a bit like you. I've been in this game for a long time. So um, I think we tend to overlook a lot of them because we, you know, in our heart, we have a such a deep um, empathy and um, connection um, with this industry. But like, I think, you know, some of the, some of the very obvious things are that, you know, it's very clear that the business model of this industry is broken. You know, the, it, it was, you know, we were on our knees pre-COVID and now COVID's come along, given us a big fat uppercut um, and knocked us out. So I think, you know, something has to give, something has to change for this industry to survive and thrive on the other side. So I think, you know, um, the, the economics of this industry just don't stack up. I think that's, you know, that's becoming more and more evident and clear. I think, you know, that's the first bit. I think the second bit is that, you know, the, the the there's a lot of friction when it comes to my you know to customers' experiences in venues, right? And you know, um, you know that comes down to you know um, taking long times to order um, order your food, you know, um, taking long times to um, to pay the bill, you know, the awkwardness of splitting the bill, you know, all of that stuff that you know is kind of accepted now. But there's no doubt in my mind in, you know, in three years from today, we'll look back at that and say, I can't believe you still have to stand in a queue for 10 minutes to order a beer. Um, so I think that that's pretty, you know, pretty hot on, on my radar or something that just doesn't make a lot of sense um, in today's generation where we're so convenient, um, rich, and we just value convenience so much. And I think the final one, Danny, is something that I, you know, I do think a lot about is that, you know, <laughs> We're, we're, we're about creating personable um, experiences in venues. And it just doesn't resonate so greatly that um, customers, every customer rocks up to a venue and they're treated the same um, and they're given the same menu. And I do think deep in my heart that, you know, hospitality is about creating personal experiences and there's got to be something magical about knowing more about our customers and delivering more personal menus, ordering, um, and uh, you know, experiences for our for our customers. Oh my goodness, I have so many thoughts on <laughs> everything that you've just said. I don't even know where to start. But one thing I will pick up on is when you talk about hospitality, you say we. So it's really interesting to me that you think that you're part of the industry, um, not just, I guess, a supplier to it or someone trying to sell your idea into it. I get goosebumps when you say that, right? Because, you know, I, I had my mother and father, you know, um, running a cafe restaurant in Gordon in, in, in Sydney for, um, you know, for 10 years. And, you know, I was there you know, by their side every day, you know, seeing people stealing money out of the tills, couldn't make end, ends meet, you know, leaving home at five o'clock in the morning, not getting home until, you know, midnight, you know, it just, so, you know, it, it makes me shiver just to think about the pain and the struggle and just how difficult this industry is. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I have a, I have a very deep affinity to it. I don't, I'm not conscious of the fact that I say we, um, but, you know, I, I, you know, I, my, my heart is in it and uh, that's probably why I, I do that. Yeah, interesting. Um, something else I wanted to pick up on is this, like, splitting the bills, like absolutely, it is so annoying and I can just think of three instances in the past week um, that I've been just like, yeah, 
held up by that. And I'm not saying it's just because I'd had two martinis and it was really hard to divide by three, but that might have been an issue. Um, but another thing I say is I can't even remember the last time I spent 10 minutes waiting to order a beer. But if I think about when it was, it was probably... I can think of, you know, good social times when you're standing at a bar and you actually meet people, you have a fun little chat, maybe, you know, you know maybe you meet someone, maybe it ends up, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying this happened to me ever, but maybe you go on a date and maybe, you know, maybe stuff happens. But then I'm thinking, actually, you know, the kids are doing that on apps now anyway, so um, they might as well, you know, wait for their, order the app, order a beer on the app, swipe right at the same time and get it all done. Um but I guess another thing that I want to think of, and let's let's take the conversation here, is is that um, is that intersection or overlap between personalization and spooky algorithms that know too much about us and keep us in bubbles and don't let us explore and you know find diversity and difference. So it's all I guess you know when you think about a restaurant that that knows you, I guess the. The storybook ideal of that is, you know, the corner bistro that knows your name, knows how you like your drink and um, has a special that they just absolutely know that you will love. You know, they probably cooked it with you in mind in the first place. So that's the sort of, that's the, that's the ideal. Uh, you know, a lot of us, well, few of us live in a world like that. You know, we're traveling more, you know, <laughs> occasionally. Uh, we want to try new things. Um, I guess we want to feel important wherever we go. And perhaps we don't go to the same restaurant three times a week. We love to try new things. So I'm imagining what you're talking about is that me and you will, for example, know that I'm vegan and just show me the vegan items on the menu. Let's do that. And, um, you know, really speak to me because it knows so much about me from a from a data sense. But what about that? Um, what about the element of surprise? What about having my boundaries stretched? What about getting out of my comfortable bubble? You know, do you fear for things like that? Wow, that, this this is a big conversation. I love this, Danny. Like, I think I think the very you know basic premise, and that is that you know I think generally customers. Um, are open to um, you know to sharing information if and this is a big if if it enriches my experience and if it enriches my life and I think about you know my own experience you know I'm, I'm lactose intolerant um, so you know I can't have dairy you know nothing worse than rocking up to a to a venue you know and spending two minutes to work out you know the three dishes on the 35 dish menu that you can have so my life would be easier if you know the the, the venue knew that and could give me a you know a personalized um, menu or for you knowing that you know you're a martini drinker you know there's no point chatting to you about you know everything else on the menu whereas you know the focus should be around you know what what's a martini that you're going to enjoy most today um, or what's a martini that you had last time and you loved it and you just want to get that again so I think there's there's no doubt that you know um you know this is much bigger than me and you. This is just about hospitality. You know, I think we've got to get the balance right between speed and convenience and personalization. Um, and the personalization, but in particular, is just, you know, it's far bigger than hospitality because, you know, we all want to feel special. We all want, you know, the owner to know that it's Danny when you walk in, they give you the VIP table, they give you a nice glass of champagne upon arrival. You know, that, you know, that, you know, I've been trying to crack that algorithm for 20 years when I first started Dimmy. The problem is the matrix D changes and you kind of lose all your information. So I think, you know, I think you've got to, you've got to get that, you know, nice balance between speed, ease, convenience, 
and recognition, but still allow elements of discovery so that, you know, if somebody, you know, if you're out on a Friday night, Danny, and you want to go a bit wild and you're not after, you know, a margarita, you want something else, then, you know, away you go. Um, but if I know this is what you love, you know, make it easy for me to find it and to order it. Mm. I don't know. It is such an interesting space because I think there is a lot of pushback now about, you know, companies having data about us and knowing too much about us. But on the other hand, if it gets a martini to my table, then, you know, maybe I'm just going to love it. I'll be a total pushover. Right. See, that's a good example, Danny. I just got that wrong. As a maitre d' for you, I I said um, a... um... (laughs) You were going to give me a margarita, right? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Let's go for the martinis. I don't know. I, I, I do. I want the, all those data points super sharp and just tracking me and knowing me, or do I want to? I don't know. If I think about the great hospitality experiences, it is those. It is those connections. It's those moments of discovery and surprise. It's that feeling of being genuinely looked after, and I feel like that's you know, really different. I suppose, you know, the the blunt way of doing it is, you know, that the hairdresser knows where my birthday is and sends me sends me a card. You know, it's like it's 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 on that same path. It's just it's just yeah, the data points are sharper. I don't know. I feel I think, funny about it. I think there's gotta be a bit of magic in it. You know, hospitality is about surprise, delight and, you know, recognition. And I think, you know, what, you know, what what we can do is you know is to enhance the experience and to and to deliver more personable experiences. You know, it's up to the operators and the maitre d to then deliver that in a way that you know feels genuine, feels you know special, and you know makes you feel like it's you know um, you know like without the knowledge you just can't do that, right? So I think you're absolutely right, Danny. I think you've got to find the balance. Mm. All right, sell it to me from a money-making point of view. How would having um, technology, more technology in my restaurant help me make more money or make any money? Well, I think this is, like, I think this is a very easy bit, um, Danny, and I think the, you know, the, the history is that, you know, and this breaks my heart a bit because I think the industry, you know, as a whole has been, um, has been burnt quite brutally over the past 10 years by, you know, companies like Deliveroo and Uber and the like who have, you know, taken customers out of venues, taking them home and, you know, uh, not sharing data and a whole bunch of things. So I think there's kind of a lot of operators have got bad taste in their mouth because they've kind of embraced tech or, or really been forced to embrace tech. So I think, you know, um, you know, it's really important, and this is not just me and you, but I think all tech companies, I think, you know, we've got to be tech for good. Um, so that that means, you've, you know, we've got to have a much more uh, positive, supportive, embraceive um, empathy towards this industry, um, you know. So, so I think that's a starting position. I think, you know, that comes down to the economics of it. Um, I think the single most important thing, um, Danny, that we've found over the past three years is it's it's pretty black and white, um, and that is if a customer orders on me new uh, versus a customer who orders through traditional means, the customer who orders on me new is spending twenty seven point five percent more. Okay, well, that's pretty that's, good. That's that's big, right? And that's you know that's because. You know, that's because when you're ordering, you know, the fish, we're gonna we're gonna make a nice recommendation of a, you know, 
a nice white to go with that. You know, when you're ordering a salad, we're going to ask you if you want some salmon. You know, these are typically things that should be happening, you know, through the waiter or at the counter, but they're typically not because, you know, selling is a skill um, and it requires a lot of knowledge. Um, so, you know, so, you know, me and you is going to do that 100% of the time. Um, and I think the second reason why it's happening, you know, and, you know, we've got the data to that sort of points to this direction is it's simply easier to get the second or the third round. So when you're, you know, you're two into a martini and you're thinking, am I going to go home or not? You push a button, you get a martini delivered to the table. It's just easier. So we get rid of the friction. We make it easier than ever before. And in doing so, customers are happier to spend a lot more. And what's the cost? So we charge 2.5% of, of the bill. Okay. And how many customers have you got? So we've got 500 across Australia, um, and that includes, you know, many of the, the, the better-known brands and groups, you know, Merivale and Howard Smith Wolves and Portsea and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, growing, growing pretty fast. And do you, which bit do you love? Do you love the, the building or um, the growing or the consolidating? Like what, what part floats your boat? <laughs> I'll never forget this moment, Danny. I was, um, I was, I think, halfway through my dimmy journey and I, I was getting out of a cab um, in, um, in the CBD and my, I was with my chairman um, and he turned to me and he said, Stephen, there's... Um, you know, there's founders and there's CEOs and they're two different type. They're two different people, and I didn't know what he meant at the time. But you know, um, a couple of years later, it kind of hit home that you know, there's people that you know want to create stuff. There's people that want to, you know, take something from zero to hero. Um, you know, and I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm definitely the, you know, what I'd consider to be the, the you know, a founder. You know, I love, you know, the thing that keeps me up at night is I want to make a difference to this in industry. You know, the thing that keeps CEO, CEO open at, uh, awake at night is, you know, they're trying to work out how to get the engine running and operating, you know, at, you know, at better capacity. Mm. Uh, so, you know, I, I love, you know, I love, you know, I love trying to help this industry and I'll do whatever I can to kind of play a role in making this industry that I love so deeply, you know, a little bit better. So what's the next problem that you want to solve? <laughs> I'll just write it on a napkin and just hide it on my desk somewhere. Oh, Danny, we're only at the beginning of this one. Um, I know, but come on, like, what do you look at? And you just, I'm just thinking, okay, so you sorted out bookings. Now you're sorting out the experience at the table and paying. Um, it's got to be something, what is it? Something back of house or I don't know. What about, could you, could you fix the supply chain? That would be really handy. Yeah. It's, I, I think, I'm going to answer this in a roundabout kind of way, Danny. But if you if you look at the hospitality industry, it's one of the industries across the planet that's become the mo the least digitized. So we kind of embraced tech really poorly. Um, you know, we haven't well, we haven't embraced it. So I think when you look across the spectrum, whether it's in relation to recruiting or back of house efficiencies, it's so manual. And it's so antiquated. So, you know, I think it's very easy to cast your net over this industry and find, you know, hundreds of things that need to be solved. Um, you know, and you just mentioned a couple. So um, so I'd say that I'm very 
deep in this. I think we're right at the beginning of something that I think is magical. Um, I truly think that, you know, in a very small way, we can make this industry better. And I think once once I've done that and, um, you know, once, you know, once a team's at a place where, you know, we're proud of what we've achieved, then you and I can have a martini and have a chat about what the next one is. <laughs> okay, deal. But Danny, I will, I will, I will say that the, I think the funny thing is, is that you know when you think about startups. Um, when I finished at Dimmy, um, I, I remember I, I had an interview and I said um, to Damon Kitney at the Australian, I said, um, you know, I, I could never, ever, ever, ever do this startup thing again. Ah. Oh. Because you, you know this, but it just it destroys you and it breaks you, and you know it just zaps your soul of everything because it's hard yards. And there's so, so there's so many similarities between startup and hospo because you know you do it for reasons. Um, you know the you know you, at the end of the day you want to you want to make something better. You want customers to walk out of your venue happier. So you know I I took six months off and I I promised myself I was ne- never going to come back. Um, but I think when I stumbled across this, it kind of just felt like you could make a difference. You could do something positive. Um, and, you know, um, so, you know, that, 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 that sabbatical didn't last very long. And after six months, I was back on the tools to, um, to try and get me and you up and running. Well, I, I mean, I guess when you do your first startup, you don't know that you're going to sell it for $25 million. So maybe there is another reason why you might want to do the second one. It's funny. I I don't know. Like, um, I don't know. We, we all, we're all driven by different things. I, I think, um, you know, if I think about, you know, Dimmy or me and you, you know, it, it's never about, you know, it's never about the money. It's about, you know, can can you make a difference? Um, and can you create something that has a lasting lasting legacy? And you know, I think that's you know that's far more more rewarding, far more special, and far more magical um, than you know. Because you know, I will truly say this: I, I think there's there's no amount of money um, that can make up for what what you give as a as a, you know in startup because you know it's it's absolutely all in, and you know. It, it zaps you of everything you have. Yeah, but the person, like a street vendor, could also say that. No, no, I, I, absolutely, yeah. All I'm saying is, you, you know, you, you're doing it for you're doing it for reasons other than you know, other than money. You're doing it because you're passionate about. You know, the street vendors doing it because they want to put great food in people's mouths. Sure. Yeah. yeah, no, I I mean, I think anyone that does anything that's only for money will um, realise pretty soon that it's kind of empty. Um, but, yeah, money's, money's nice to have as well. Um, we have been going through a global pandemic and a, that is still raging in many part, places around the world. What do you think um, that's changed for hospitality? And maybe talk about it in, in, in the industry or in what you bring to it, but what, what do you think it's, it's changed more generally? Yeah, I think that... You know, if, I, if you look if you look at the past year, I think you know there's a couple of things that have definitely transformed in our space. And I think, you know, the one thing that you know um, that I definitely say has, the industry has proven to uh, to ourselves is that 
we can pivot and we can innovate. And I hate using the word pivot, but I think, you know, as an industry that was not agile, was not nimble, you know, wouldn't embrace stuff, um, you know, at any at any rate, I think, you know, absolutely it's proven um, that um, that we can innovate, we can pivot, we can change and we can do it super quick. So, you know, I think, I think that's a really big um, takeout. Um, and I think the second bit is, that, um, you know, this industry is without doubt the most resilient of all industries because, you know, what, what this industry has been through is just so, you know, so difficult, so painful um, and, you know, um, it survived. So, you know, I think the reality is, is there'll be, you know, fewer and far fewer venues on the other side. But the ones that um, that make it through will be, you know, will be um, smarter, better equipped, and probably have found ways to do more uh, with less. Yeah, it's a. I wish it's just. I wish all the restaurants that I love so much would make it through. I'm. I'm really sad that Bar Saracen in Melbourne has closed. It was just one of my absolute favourites in a restaurant that I think really ex- exemplified the art of hospitality, you know, beautiful food, just loved it so much. I, I, I can let, I feel like I can let restaurants go in the abstract, but some of the restaurants I love, I just really don't want to let go. Let's hope that they come back um, at, some point, at some point soon, Danny, perhaps in, a, in another form. Yeah, well, definitely. Let's hope so. Um, and, I mean, do you, what else do you think is what else we're going to see? So you think we're going to see more tech? We're going to see restaurants that survive being stronger. What are the other kinds of things you think we're going to see in restaurants? Yeah, I, I don't know if we'll see more tech. I, I hope so because I do truly believe that tech, in, in all forms, can you know is a part of the answer to the you know to to this in, in some of the pains that this industry is going through. Um, you know, I think you know we're seeing some very obvious things. You know, menus have been reduced significantly. You know, um, you know, prices have been shuffled around. You know, a lot. Um, you know, so I think I think what we're finding is, you know, that that's definitely one big thing. The second big thing that we're seeing is, you know, CBDs are you know will never be the same again. So we're we're definitely seeing you know a significant boom in sub- suburban venues. Um, you know, um, we, you know, nobody expects CBDs to return to any form of normality anytime soon, if ever. Um, so I think we're definitely seeing that. Um, and I think the third thing that we've definitely seen, you know, at a very practical level is I think, you know, during COVID, um, you know, lots of operators jumped on the pick up and takeaway bandwagon as a way to survive and, you know, continue to have, um, keep their employees um, employed. Uh, I think what we're finding now um, as, you know, the doors open again is that operators can't do both really well. Uh, so they're giving up on the pick up and take away, um, you know, the lower margin stuff and focused around, you know, how do we get the customers in our venue um, happier? Um, so I think we're, what we're definitely seeing is that, you know, venues who latched on to pick up and take away probably starting to ditch that in favour of the return of um, in-venue experiences. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think some venues are going to, keeping going and it's I think everyone feels like they've probably still got it in their back pocket and just think you know Perth goes into a short sharp lockdown and people have that they know which way to turn to do that stuff but I think a lot of people are really happy to say goodbye to you know containers and and brown paper bags 
Yeah, I think it, I think it's just practically very like kitchens are designed for a certain number of people, obviously. Um, and you know, if you've got a hundred people on the floor, you know, it's very difficult to be able to handle that hundred really well and handle another fifty people that are sitting on couches at, at home. Uh, something has to give. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I just think about my own personal experiences. You know, um, you know, nothing is as magical as sitting around a table and having, you know, having great food in a venue. Uh, and I think, as you know, as humanity, um, you know, as you know, as a society, I just I think we need to get back to that um, because I think you know we've all lost a year of massive connection. So I think the quicker we can get back to you know breaking bread around around. Uh, around tables, I think it's better for everyone. Yeah, I'm fully there for that. Um, Stephen, it's been so amazing to chat to you and I just want to end the conversation by saying a little thank you because right at the start of our first lockdown, I think it was like March 25 or something, I had started to become aware of the difficulties that temporary visa holders were in and I put a call out. I wanted to gather get a list somehow and start talking to those people. And I put a call out, I think it was maybe on Facebook, I don't even know, um, asking for someone to help me work out a way to communicate with temporary visa holders who'd lost their jobs in hospitality. And you um, threw someone in your team onto it who probably did something that was very simple for them and just built a little Google form that could feed into a mailing list. And um that mailing list quickly built up to around 1,300 people and I sent them out about 50 newsletters about the situation that they were in and, and just with advice and how, you know, how to help them and where they could find food or resources or whatever it was that they need. So um, and I'm still in touch with so many of those people and anyone who's on that list and hasn't got a newsletter from me recently, I'm, I'm going to do one soon. <laughs> Sorry, it took me two yeah, weeks, I, two I, weeks I, to find my brain when I got back from holiday. So anyway, I, thanks. I think I think COVID's been you know been very testing for lots of people, but I think there's been a couple of heroes that have stood out, and um, I think the work that you've done for this industry second to none. And um, yeah, congratulations and um, thank you so much. Oh, that's not what you were supposed to say, but um, thank you. But uh, what do you reckon? Um, what do you reckon I should do next? <laughs> keep doing all the magic you're doing Danny because I think it's it's having a it's having a big impact across the industry um all right well I'll um when we have that martini you can give me some concrete ideas but uh yeah. it's uh great to chat to you and um yeah I haven't been in a venue yet that's um used uh uses me and you but I look forward to giving it a giving it a crack thank you okay, okay Danny thank you very much all right see ya This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about. We spend a week thrashing around each issue, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you. This is a Deep in the Weeds production. It's, yeah, it's a really tricky one because, you know, from a government point of view, I can... (laughs)